0: noble dairy queen's new summer blizzard menu is back and it is stacked dive right into the summer celebration with their new peanut butter cookie dough party blizzard you can sink your red spoon into their world famous dq soft serve filled with delicious chunks of chocolate chip cookie dough swirls of creamy peanut butter topping and peanut brittle crunch with sprinkles If the peanut buttery flavor isn't your jam, their fresh take on cobbler a la mode certainly will. Say hello to the Picnic Peach Cobbler Blizzard. You can also let your taste buds crumble with the ultimate cookie blizzard that features Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butter pieces. Dairy Queen knows everyone loves a good comeback, and fan-favorite blizzard flavors Frosted Animal Cookie, Brownie Batter, and Cotton Candy have made their triumphant return. Summer Blizzard flavors are now available at your Noble Dairy Queen stores with locations in Kankakee, Bourbonnais, Moments, and Mantino. Happy tastes good! Thankful for the waiting stories So long to the lifetime we won't give Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this episode is proudly presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design family of businesses. Celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County, you can learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Now, for this episode, we are continuing our Meet the Mayor series by sitting down with the Mayor of Grant Park, Mayor Hawkins. Mayor Hawkins, welcome to Kankakee Podcast.
1: Love it. It is so
0: great to have you here. Excited. You are the first woman mayor of Grant Park, and that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. So I was reading that. You are good at being first for things, because weren't you the first woman police officer at KCC, right? At the right? college,
1: yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, so sir. you're just,
0: you know, it's like I'm wondering what the next first woman thing is going to be for Mayor Hawkins, right? Like, or
1: the next anything, yeah, for something, yes,
0: yeah. So congratulations on, I on those it. things.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Where does life start for Jamie Hawkins?
1: I was born and raised in, like, the South Heights, Illinois area. Okay. It's a little bit further north.
0: Is South Heights Chicago? That's not Chicago Heights, right? Is, no. or is well, it's, near... like,
1: South Chicago Heights, and then there's Chicago Heights and Stager. They're all, like, south of Chicago. They're, like, suburbs of yes. suburbs of Chicago. <laughs> right. I mean, they're not that
0: far, really, from Grant Parker or from no, Beecher. Like, or... uh,
1: yeah, it's, like, 20-ish minutes, depending yeah. on which way you go. And then... Fast forward to my first cousin, Stacy West. She got married, moved out to Grant Park. And we were all like, oh, my God, you're living in the boonies. You, it takes so long to get there. We're all like, come on. And then next thing I know, my mom's like, hey, we're moving to Grant Park. The schools are good. All this." I'm like, you can't leave me out here by myself. Like, I'm newly divorced, two young kids. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? And a year later, I'm like, mom, I'm coming that way. I'm going to come by you guys because Jace, my oldest, has to go to school. I'm like, I'm coming that way. And then we all just slowly started migrating out here.
0: (laughs) So how old were you then when you came out?
1: I was early 20s. So right after I was divorced in 2003. So it was like shortly after that, probably 2004 five ish.
0: OK, yeah. So you've been here quite a long time. Oh, 20, yeah. 20, 20 years. years. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Most people
1: are like, you've been here 20 years. I'm like, yes, I'm the quiet one that <laughs> everyone's like, she lives here. Yes, she lives here.
0: <laughs> what kind of things were you interested in in high school then? Were you interested in government? I know you were on student council. <laughs> I mean,
1: I was on student council in like sixth grade, and I think I was only on it because they were like, Jamie, we need another girl. uh Can you be on student council? Uh Like, oh, okay, But no, high school, I went to Bloom Trail, which isn't the best high school. I know Bloom. Yeah. yeah, Very crowded. Very just all over. They're from all over like Stager, Salt Heights. So I I, honestly, I ended up dropping out halfway through my junior year because it was just too much. The fights constantly happening. Couldn't learn anything. Like grades were suffering. My mom was like, "What's the point of going to school if you can't get a decent education?" So, I did. I dropped out when I was sixteen.
0: Then, did you go to community college then to get your GED? Was that your mom's like trade-off, yeah. or was she just like, "No, just go to work"? No, and that's no, it. no, 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 okay.
1: no, no, no. I went to. Uh, I actually got my GED at Prairie State in okay. Chicago Heights. Yep. And then right after that, I just hit the workforce running. I was working two or three jobs at a time, just doing what I could to help my family. So,
0: How did you end up working in law enforcement? You were a, a police officer for Beecher for a Long many, time. Re- yeah, that was years. my first
1: law enforcement career. I never saw myself in policing. I was working at a bank at the time. I had three young kids, and I just felt stuck. And I was like, man, what can I do? And I... Somehow got a call, one of those cold calls, and they were like, hey, do you want to go to college? And, well, it'll be, you, you only have to pay so much and you can get student loans. And at the time I was like, oh, okay, let me go to college. I got a degree in criminal or a uh, crime scene investigation, which I was like, oh, I love this. Well, now what do I do with it? Where, and I,
0: was, uh, where was that at?
1: Um, it was an school. online course through Everest College. I remember seeing commercials for, for yes, that. Yes, I was one Back of those <laughs> suckers, unfortunately.
0: In a bad way or in a good way? In a did bad it end way. It, because it, it, was, was it end, ended up being a good program? Or was it was it... a
1: good program, but now that the Corinthian colleges are closed, like I can't even prove that I went there because <sighs> they're closed. So my associates that I have is like non-existent now. Man. But I still have the mounds of... Student loans that they talked me into getting. So I'm of like, of course you
0: do, because those don't uh, end. Because, no. because what? Another financial institution probably bought. Yep, yeah, they just buy or, them
1: and buy them and buy them. Yeah. Yep.
0: So you're still paying. I'm still somebody. paying.
1: Yeah, somebody. I pay them, and I'm like, okay, well, paying but for your nothing, degree but.
0: isn't any good. Well, I it, mean,
1: it's good, but I can't. I can't get like my transcripts or anything because the colleges are closed.
0: So if you're going to continue yeah. education yeah. at some point. Which I don't know. Which I did. You, I did. I did, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I had to
1: start all over. So oh, I gosh. kinda stunk. Man. But So
0: back to G our, uh, general eds and yeah. all that.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Gen Eds. Math, English. English took me five times. To pass. I'm not so even that just lie. means
0: you're super smart now. You <laughs> had to go back and you had to relearn those yeah. courses. So yeah. it just means you know more than the rest of us.
1: I would um. <laughs> hope so, but no.
0: <laughs> so you.
1: So I'm reading a paper yeah. and I'm like, oh, look, Beecher Police, they have an ad in the paper of all things for part time police officers. And I was like, let me try it. I go to Beecher Police Station. I meet Linda, the lady who still works there. She's amazing, the administrative assistant. And she's like, are you sure you want to apply here? Because at the time I was like 99 pounds, little tiny girl, looked like she, you shouldn't be a police officer. <laughs> and I was like, no, I yeah, can I get an application? I'll fill it out. Filled it out. And a couple months later, they called me, did the background Did the fingerprinting. I met with, at the time, Chief Weisgerber, who unfortunately has passed away. But he was kind of like an older uncle that didn't really have a filter. So (laughs) he would say some inappropriate things, but it was just like he was stuck in his old ways. So you just kind of get used to it. But. I met with him and he's like, you know, kid, it's not like it is on TV. Those were his exact words to me. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. And I didn't get it at first until I started doing it. And I'm like, man, this isn't. Not that I thought it would be like it is on TV, but I'm like, man, this isn't. Because on TV, the people don't yell at the police officers and call them (laughs) names. And like,
0: yeah, you know, and and they solve crimes in 45 minutes, (laughs) you know, so you went through the academy
1: I went through the part-time the, academy, the okay. Nieman Academy for that, which was 9 months of It was like every other Saturday, you go to class, you learn the basics, and then sometimes hands-on stuff.
0: And this was in what, the to mid 2000s?
1: 2006 cuz I graduated in 2007. December of 2007 from college from the academy
0: from the oh from the academy excuse Mm -hmm. me so going through the academy for you what was your experience
1: I was one of maybe four girls out of 70 guys so it was back I mean that's not even that long ago but back then it was like man like there are no women in law enforcement it was so hard to get in because even though they didn't have any women, once it seemed like once they had one or two, they're like, eh, we don't really need any more women back then. But so it was harder to get a job. So, so the I, treatment I got was lucky. still
0: like that even 20 years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would hope today it's a little different. Oh,
1: yeah. Now they need anyone. <laughs> they're, they'll take any warm body to be a police officer now. It's like it's so sad. I
0: have noticed that in some of the local departments that mm-hmm. are recruiting. They're kind of like, hey. Anyone's interested, you know, come on. (laughs) You don't have
1: any felonies? Come on down. We'll we'll try it. Yeah.
0: But I would imagine this day, well, any day and age, it would always be beneficial to have Females on your police department, just think of the situations you run into where, hey, you know who would be perfect for this? Mm. A female officer.
1: Well, that's the thing, yeah. (laughs) Working, I was on nights for a long time, so working nights and being the only female officer within like Monique, Crete, Piatone, anytime they had a female, they're like, we need a female to search this female because back then they were a lot more like, oh my God, I'm not touching a girl. I'd be all over, not even doing police work. I'm like, all right, let me go search this girl for you. Let me go search this girl for you. So
0: it should have been your official title. Right.
1: I was the, yeah,
0: the search, whatever the, the title would be for that. I'm not (laughs) sure what that would be, but so you must have really grew some thick skin. Yes. I imagine going through that. What are some things that you remember in particular from, from that time?
1: I would say it would mostly be, like, you're going to training and guys forget that there are women there, so they're always, like, making jokes or, like, things that didn't—they didn't bother me because I grew up—my family's a little bit more harsh. We're kind of, like, make fun of each other, whatever, so I was used to it, but, like, some of the other women who— Weren't used to it. We're like, oh, my God, did you just hear what he said? And I'm like, no, I kind of black them out. I'm not even (laughs) listening to them. But
0: you're like, I have trauma from my childhood of (laughs) of all that kind of stuff. I've just kind of blocked it out at this point. So you get out of the academy. What was your early days on patrol like? Did you start doing nights right away then? What are some incidents or some cases that still stick with you to this day?
1: In Beecher, surprisingly, we had a lot of suicides, and unfortunately, they were younger. Like we, I remember my first one; he was an 11 year old boy, and hung himself from a ceiling fan, and his mom found him, and it was just hit the town like no other.
0: Now, did you find that most of the suicides were were men or or boys?
1: It was male. mostly male, but yes, there were a couple females, and it's it's strange the way the gender roles dictate how they would, the means of the suicide. And it's like men are more for like something that's going to right away. A lot of the women are more like taking pills and just making a lot more subtle and just go to sleep or something like that.
0: My gosh, that's, I can't imagine walking into those situations.
1: (sighs) You just kind of, I know it's like my family will see something on TV and I'm like, well, I've, kind of seen that in person and they're like how do you even process that i'm like i don't know it's just back there and you just do it what
0: else can you remember from from those days
1: obviously there's a lot of tragedy but then also there's a lot of good things like on halloween when Beecher would uh i don't think they do this anymore but all the officers were required to work on halloween we'd be out there passing out candy just enjoying ourselves showing the kids that hey Police officers are real people. Like it's not just they're going to come punish you and whatever. Like we're real people. We have real families like trying to teach the younger generation to not look at us as the bad guys. So there's a lot of things like that. I was I was involved with going to the schools like the kids would get pizza parties And we would eat with them for lunch if they got, like, good grades or whatever. We did the shop with a cop, which was amazing to see the little smiles on the kids' faces that they were going to be able to give their mom and dad something for Christmas. And they got something, too. They were just amazed. I like that kind of stuff.
0: I would be curious to hear, and I know, obviously, you're in a different position nowadays, but just your experience as a police officer that still... A big topic of police reform and all that stuff. So like in your just from your experience, what to you are are some of the answers or things that should be tried that can help lead us into this new.
1: (laughs) If I had the answers, I think the main thing would be to try and change people's mindset. Just because, yes, there are a couple bad officers, there's also, for example, a couple bad doctors. There's also a couple bad actors. Like, But you don't group all actors just because one is bad into this saying all actors are like this or all doctors. This guy died, so all doctors are bad. The mindset of people thinking that just because one officer did something bad, we all wear blue. We do try to say we're blue strong, but... We do have some bad apples, but they're not all us. Like, there are officers out there that care, that generally want to do the job because they care about the public and the people. So, I think that would be the main thing to reset people's minds and be like, look, we're not all bad. Yes, there's bad seeds, but there's some really good ones too.
0: Children are naturally drawn to art and the creative process. For them, it can be a form of expression as they explore the materials, gain confidence, and feel a sense of competency as they create something based on their own ideas and efforts. That's why Little Me Studio in Burbank created the Big Kids Art Lab for ages 5 to 12. Little Me Studio crafted this safe space for your big kid to slow down, be in the moment, and be comfortable making messes while trying something new. Big Kids Art Lab meets every Thursday from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Little Me Studio across the street from Olivet Nazarene University in Burbank. Studies indicate that art making has so many positive effects for the brain, body, mind, and heart. Enroll in one class at LittleMeStudio.com or sign up for the entire session and save. LittleMeStudio.com to sign up for Big Kids Art Lab. Make sure you follow Little Me Studio on Facebook and Instagram. Do you find that a lot of your calls were mental health related? Because that also seems to be a big topic of discussion, too. It's like a lot of these calls police officers are getting are for their for mental health mm-hmm. needs. And it's like, should that be a police officer's job? Are they trained to do that?
1: When I was an officer, I still am. But when I worked in Beecher, we did we took a CIT training, which is a seven day training. It's 40 hours. And it was specifically towards mental health cases. Not that they're trying to give us a degree. But say you come across this. Here's a way to talk them down or like get on their level and calm them down before you have to restrain them, fight with them or whatever, which in some cases you can do that. Not all cases, So being able to recognize that is one of the main things officers need is recognize that, okay, this is a mental health case. I need to do it with a little bit more like felt tip gloves on and not be like aggressive and come at them. That training helped me in a lot of ways, not just in police officer, but probably in every role I have.
0: I would think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could use that in almost any situation, any role. Mm -hmm. In your case, what is something that you want people to know just about police officers? Besides, I mean, you kind of mentioned earlier about, hey, we're just, we're just people like you, we're here mm-hmm. to help, things like that. But what else are, are there some misconceptions that people come up to you with, or maybe that you hear?
1: We don't know all the laws. So obviously we're not perfect. And anything that may happen besides like, God forbid someone dying is fixable. Like just because you got a ticket and you shouldn't have or just because you got arrested and it was a misunderstanding doesn't mean hold a grudge or hate police for the rest of your life. Like there's many times I've I pulled over a kid in Beecher one time. He was ridiculously speeding, showing off for his girlfriend. I could have arrested him, could have taken him to jail. But I said, hey, kid, look, I know what you're doing. This is a road that no one drives on. Can't be doing this. And he was just like in tears so thankful that i didn't did not tell his mustang
0: (laughs) he had a mustang of course of course
1: (laughs) and i'm just it's it's just like we're not perfect we're gonna make mistakes but most mistakes are fixable
0: so i guess going on from being a police officer at beecher until what 2019
1: Yes, 2019.
0: And is that when you went to KCC?
1: Yes. And okay. is
0: that where you're still at today? mm mm-hmm. oh, Okay. Yep. So you're a, a police officer out there. Now, is there also, are you also teaching out there too? No. Or is mm-hmm. you're just pretty much security for the...
1: Well, we have a police department... And security department, because the school is manned 24-7, 365. There's always at least one officer there, whether it's a police officer or security officer. So I'm on the police side, and then we have probably 10 security officers that'll work alongside with us so that there's a mix of police and security, but I love it.
0: I was curious, why is there security and police? (laughs) Their police
1: department didn't come around and get founded until 2012, Oh, so it's that new. It's very new, yeah. So before that, they just used all security just to have someone on the grounds. Well, then shooting started happening at schools and whatnot, and they were like, hey, if we can do it, let's do it. So uh, Rich and my current chief now, Eric Springer, put the police department together from scratch. They both went to the academy, started recruiting officers, and a lot of our officers work locally. Like, they're Kankakee sheriffs. They work in Kankakee. So they they're well vested.
0: What led you to run for mayor? And from what I understand, you didn't have a previous office anywhere else. You weren't a a trustee. And I know when you ran, it was around the time of the pandemic or it wasn't. Right after. It was 2020, right? Yes.
1: Yes. So it was
0: right during it. Mm -hmm. What's the start of that road?
1: I honestly didn't even register to vote, which is terrible, (laughs) until 2019, right before I ran. It was kind of like mid-pandemic coming towards the end of the pandemic. And it was like our town wasn't waking up from the pandemic like people wanted it to like people were voicing opinions on Facebook. Why can't we do this? You know, this town's doing this. This town's doing this. At the time, Marty Roth was the mayor and he was doing the best he could with what he had. But I don't think he really knew what to do once the pandemic was over. Neither did anyone else. And I was like, you know what? If I personally want something to happen, I'm just gonna have to do it myself. So I was like, I started talking to my friends my sister, Mary Eckhoff, who was like my campaign manager, I guess you could say, was like, you want to do what? And at first she was like, OK, is this another one of your like you went to school to be a police officer? You, you know, you do all these kooky things. And I'm like, no, I really want to do this. Like, I want to get I want to wake our town up. I want to resuscitate it, bring it back to life and see what we can do.
0: What were some of those things to be more specific?
1: For example, they weren't going to do the Easter egg hunt the year that I ran. And I was like, man, that's unfortunate because kids love that. They don't care if they get one egg or 10 eggs. Like they just love seeing the Easter bunny. So I took my own funds that year and threw a party for the town. And we were at Help Park. I hit a bunch of eggs. I had the Easter bunny there. I had all the decorations. And I was like, this is what I want to come back. People getting together. Yes, we were social distance and it was outside, but we were still able to do it. You can work around these things. So being together as a community was the main thing I wanted to happen. Things like that.
0: So going into it then, what were some other visions that you had personally for Grand Park? And obviously you're still, I mean, it's 2023. <laughs> is, is it a four-year term? It's How a long? four-year term. Yeah. yeah so I'm so, just
1: starting, I believe I'm just starting my third year. It's yeah. so confusing.
0: <laughs> it, it It does get confusing.
1: <laughs> some of the other things I would say, you would always see these I think they call them keyboard warriors that would just complain about stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you're complaining about it, but what you don't want to do anything about it. Like, what can we do? So I started making a list. I'm like, all right, they're complaining about this, this and this. How do we fix it? Or is it fixable? Maybe it's not fixable. And people are just complaining because that's what people do.
0: So, So what were some of those things that they were complaining about then?
1: The road conditions were pretty bad. They would use cold patching and then the cold patch would just come back up. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So I talked to a couple different people. I talked to Jeremy Roberts with Yellowhead Township, consulted with a couple other guys that he works with. He's like, hey, why don't you guys try the spray patching? Spray patching is a little more expensive, but it stays better than the cold patching. So we run around town, spray patch the heck. Out of some potholes and stuff. And people weren't happy because it leaves the gravel. But then after that gravel gets brushed away and whatever, you don't have the potholes anymore. So it was like... They were a little bit upset, but then once all that gravel and stuff went away, they were like, "Oh wait, we don't have potholes. That's pretty cool." (laughs) It
0: didn't come, yeah, because sometimes when they when you do the cold patching, it's almost back. Like it could be days. Yeah, Yeah. it could be days or just like a week, and there it is.
1: One wrong garbage truck, boom! That hole is uncovered again. Yes.
0: And I would imagine something that Grand Park has probably wanted to do for a long time too because it reminds me of when I was a kid growing up in Mantino. The street we lived on and we were right in the middle of town in mm. Mantino did not have curbs. Right. And I know a lot of the streets in Grand Park don't have curbs either. Mm-mm. And but Grand Park just got some money recently, we right? Did. A grant f- to help with Two some of your of road yes. structures. Yeah. Yes.
1: Our subdivision in Hamilton Farms, which is right behind Casey's, that's a Way newer subdivision, which is not the proper term, but it's a newer subdivision. They all have curbs. Nobody knows why. The builders just put in curbs. Anywhere else in town, you just have kind of that parkway, easeway that you can park at. We'll throw some gravel on it, which is another, th- <laughs> <laughs> like I another thing. I can't, can't get away from we the We have the a gravel. list started, and it seems like people are like, we're on the list, so now I'm going to... <laughs> Seems crazy. I'm going to take the list and go door to door and say, where, where are you saying you need this gravel at? So that we can put it where you think you need it. If that's not where, if it's not our gravel, then unfortunately we can't fill it. But it's, yeah. it's getting to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Because the guys are going out there and they're saying they don't need gravel, but people are calling saying, hey, I hey, didn't get I, my gravel. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go out there. That's the type of person I am. I'm just going to go out there. You show me where you want your gravel that's not street, that's not us, then we can't give you gravel, but...
0: The mayor that gets her hands dirty. I I try. (laughs) I remember
1: my first water main break that happened out there. Right down the street from my house, of course. Of course. Right by the railroad tracks. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like, these poor people don't have water. I went to the dollar store. I got a couple cases of water, all this stuff. I'm like, here you go, passing it out to the people. And they're like, I'm sorry, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm the mayor. I just got elected. Like, here's some water. I know you don't have water, but here you go. And they were just like... Okay, thank you.
0: (laughs) That just goes to show what kind of person you are. It does very, very kind. Very mama bear. Yeah, Yeah, very mama bear. We we uh, mentioned, we talked about that a little bit before we started recording. So, what are some other things that you're looking to do, or that are currently in the in the works in in Grant Park that you want to talk about?
1: We have coming up is uh, it's a walk path that was started with the previous administration. It's a walk path that'll go from Hamilton Farms Road down past the dollar store and then down past Casey's Sum, which is something we needed since the dollar store came in because there was no way to walk to There's no
0: sidewalks. No. And
1: there was no way to go around because the dollar store is like right in the middle of a block. So you Either way, you're going to have to walk in the streets. So right. that was.
0: And that's on what? The east side of town, right? That's on, it, the dollar store? Yes. That's the east side of town. Yes. Yeah.
1: So this walk path will be coming up. That's also, we got a grant for that. Thank you to our engineer, Neil Pigosh. Uh, he gets us all these amazing, he files them and whatever, gets us all these. So that's another 2080 split. That is going to, we're going to have a groundbreaking ceremony. I believe it's May. Twenty seventh.
0: Okay, so this month. Yes. Okay. It's a
1: Friday. Friday morning mm-hmm.
0: to start it, yes. d- building it. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. They're oh, going to start great. the day after Memorial Day, and that project should go until probably August ish, depending on.
0: Does it go past the dollar store, or does it just go right up? Does oh it no, it'll go. The, well, the
1: yeah, it'll go from Hamilton Farms, which is an intersection of Dixie. The first intersection.
0: Oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not yep. thinking. Yep, there's <laughs> that
1: <thinking>. hidden. Yeah. <laughs> bit. Everyone forgets about yeah. it.
0: Well, and so I, we'll you know, there. like I've, I've did, I've never lived in Grand Park. I've been there several times. Okay. But I got to picture it in my my brain a little bit. I'm terrible at that. So. When well, we're at
1: meetings and they're like, "Yeah, the house at 105 Metal, blah blah blah," and I'm trying to picture it, I'm like, "Wait, where are we at?" <laughs>
0: yeah. What do you feel like you're most excited about? You know, you got the path.
1: We got the path coming up. We also have, which is a project that I spearheaded, the safe route to school. So it's going to essentially be a walk, another walk path along Essen Farm Road, which is where our high school, middle school, which is unfortunately one building, but it's fine. Well,
0: you're a small town. Yeah.
1: There's no direct way for kids to walk, say, from my side of town to the school safely. So... Neil Pigosh was like, hey, are you interested in one of these safe routes to school? And I'm like, of course, anything for kids? Yes. So they'll they'll bid a walk path. It'll be on the north side of the road. It'll start at, we call it Slaughterhouse Road because there's a slaughterhouse (laughs) on it. 12,000 is what it's called. It'll start there and then go all the way down to the middle school parking lot on one side so kids can safely cross the street. All the corners are obviously going to be ADA compliant, but we do have a lot of kids that'll ride their bikes, skateboards, whatnot, and in the street it's just not the safest, especially since we don't have curbs. You don't
0: have curbs? Yes. You don't have side... Because if there's no curbs, that usually means there's no sidewalks right. either, most of the most time. Most of the time, yeah. I mean, some of the streets do, like, uh, what, ta- does Taylor have some Taylor, sidewalks? Yes. Taylor. Yeah. I
1: live on Taylor. Taylor has mm-hmm. sidewalks. Yeah. But I think that's mostly because it's a long route one. Yes. So it's right there. Yeah. But, like... In other parts of the town, I don't understand it. And I'm sure there was a reason. Like, they would have sidewalk on this side, but then you'd have to cross over and then walk down the sidewalk on the other side. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. would they do that? Yeah. I don't know. There's,
0: I know there's an answer to that. There's, not there really probably sure. is. Yeah, I'm not really sure where that comes into play.
1: That's too much history for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are some other hurdles that Grand Park is currently trying to to get over? In your opinion, obviously.
1: Right now, I think it would just be just the community. We all want the same thing. Like, we all want to say, I want a better, like, our town is amazing. Obviously, yes, we need better streets, some sidewalk repairs and whatnot, but we still enjoy living there. We have a lot of things planned for the summer. It's just somewhere that people enjoy living and are proud to say, you know what, I live in Grand Park. No, there are no houses available because that's how awesome our town is. <laughs> we did have our end of year budget meeting last night and we did end in the black again two years in a row. So that's amazing for a small town like ours. The truck stop did have a lot to do with that. There's uh, um, yes. tax. Yeah. Yep. There taxes that we're getting in from that. And then also a lot of the gaming machines. People love to gamble. I mean, if you want to gamble, go ahead. Yeah. So we got gaming machines Just everywhere. do so
0: responsibly. Right. Don't <laughs> overdo it. Yes. Yeah. But
1: enjoy yourself. We have a lot of things I'd like to get done.
0: But mm-hmm. I mean, it is pretty remarkable that you did get a truck stop there. That's a good thing. That's a good sign. And hopefully that's helped Grand Park, too, oh, yeah. with saying, oh, maybe we should think about maybe doing some, mm-hmm. some business there in yes. Grand Park. Is there anything else that you want people to know about you or about Grand Park?
1: I just tell people I'm just another person. Like, yes, I'm the village president or the mayor, but. I I've, since the beginning I've told people if you see me in the dollar store in my pajama pants in my scrunchie, by all means if you have a question ask it to me. If you have a concern, I'm open. I'm always always trying to get people to come to our boards meet board meetings, even if it's just one or two. Like just come and hear what's going on. I do know past administrations, which is no fault of their own. That's how they wanted to do it. weren't as Accommodating to people coming in and speaking, and that's fine. But I do want people to come in. I'll let you come in. Some people just want to be heard. If you want to come in and voice your opinion and tell me, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this wrong, that's fine. And I'll take it into consideration. Maybe I am, maybe there is something I could fix, but I just want people to come to the meetings and voice what they're doing or what they want done because otherwise.
0: Well, how do you know?
1: Right. If people ask me, Words to describe myself, like three words. I was thinking about that. And I think the first one would be a mother. I'm always going to be a mother to my kids. I love my kids to death. How
0: many kids you have? Three kids. Three
1: kids. Grown, too. Oh, yeah, my God. Really? My son is 24. Wow. Yes.
0: Okay, so you started young. I did.
1: I started at 19. Okay. My daughter, Tegan, is 21. She and her boyfriend just bought a house in Miraville, And people were like, how did a 21-year-old buy a house? I'm like, hey. She's hardworking. She knows what to do with her money. You say,
0: "Well, you see who her mother is." That's <laughs> Jamie <I> <laughs> Hawkins is her mother. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Hawkins is her mother. That's how. Yep. Yeah. And then
1: I have McKenna, who's 16. She's my baby. She's a junior.
0: Before we close out, too, what's the best way for people to contact you if they have any questions?
1: Um, they can always call the village hall. Leave me a message. My administrative assistant, Carrie, she will pass it to me right away. Um, I do have the email that is bombarded every day with so many emails. That's <laughs> pro- I mean, you can reach me by email, but it's like, oh, I have another email. And then unfortunately, living in Grand Park, not unfortunately, but living there for 20 years, a lot of people already have my phone number. Yes. Which is like... First time I got a text from someone and I'm like, I didn't give you my number. Oh, that's right. I I you coached
0: know so and so. Right, I yeah. coached
1: your kid when she was in softball ten years ago. So of course you still you have, have my, my phone number. number. <laughs> yeah, but yes. So and
0: you haven't changed it.
1: Right. No, I've had the same phone number probably You're forty like, Shoot, years. Why didn't I change that <laughs> when I took
0: office? I should have.
1: Right. No. Yeah. I would say contact in the village hall or. Everyone knows everyone. If you know someone that knows me, just say, hey, so-and-so. Facebook Messenger, a lot of people reach out to that. I'm on Facebook. Really, anyway.
0: Well, thank you, Mayor Hawkins. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun. It was. And uh, I look forward to seeing what other things happen in Grand Park.
1: Me too. Me too.
0: That does it for this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. We are proudly presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design family of businesses, celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County. You can learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Don Geisinger, Diana Crowley, Joseph Lamont, Bill Parakis, Lori Ray Karen Bishop, SLS Home Inspections, Seth and Mary Berkey, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenault, Dave Barron, Veronica Featherston, John Sullivan, Sue Hornung, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Toplis, Scott Wright. Kerry O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Nolan Bukowski, Natalie Flagel, Carl Earps, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then click on the Patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode of the podcast. There is also access to extended versions of episodes, video versions, and more. And our theme song, written and performed by Lupe Carroll, recorded by Daniel Bishop.
1: This river carries on